Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Well, the last time we were together, you heard from three of my friends who are moms about how they have been doing in quarantine. I love how each of them have transitioned into quarantine so wonderfully and how they encourage me in my walk with Jesus. You can listen to my friends Kelly, Stacy, and Jenny one episode back, number 130. You know, these have been really interesting and very uncertain times, but I find it so refreshing to hear from godly women raised up to encourage other women in our faith. And I really enjoyed this chat I had with my guest today. Today's episode is with Rochella Parham. Rochella is a wife, mom to three adult sons, a speaker, writer, and blogger at Imparting Grace. Rochella's book, Mythical Me, was the InterVarsity Press Reader's Choice Award winner. In this episode, Rochella shares about an illness she was born with, but how she overcame the comparison trap as a young adult woman. Rochella beautifully speaks as she points us to Jesus through her words. Rochella is so smart, and I loved speaking with her. And no need to jot notes or write down book recommendations down, because at the end of listening, you can head to my webpage at renrobbins.com and click on the podcast tab, and the show notes will be right there of quotes that Rochella shares and also book recommendations. Okay, so let's jump in. This is my conversation with Rochella. Well, welcome to the podcast, Rochella. I'm so glad to be here with you, Ran. I think I've told you before, I just love to hear you talk oh. because you sound like my people. You know, did I tell you that, that I'm, I'm from your neck of the woods? Okay. I was going to say, I think, yes, I remember us talking about that, that you're from mm-hmm. this area and now you're in North Carolina. That's right. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Well, good. We're bonding over that. <laughs> That's good. That's so good. Um, sweet tea and all, right? Uh, okay. So this is so fun because I uh, have read your book. And so this is neat oh. because I am getting to chat with you a writer and I just love your heart and I love what you share on Instagram. And, uh, I love that we're getting to do this today in the midst of such a weird time right now during quarantine. And, you know, some of the cities are lifting the bands and kind of, kind of starting to phase back into, um, normal, whatever that is typical life. But, um, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited. Well, thank you. I am so glad and honored to be here. Let's go ahead and jump in. So if you would introduce yourself to my listeners and tell a little bit about you and your family. Oh, I would love to. So my name is Rochelle Parham, and I am so much older than you. <laughs> I'm 40. So much older. So 
the reason I say that is because if you ask me to introduce my family, I now have to introduce my children as the adults they uh, are. Okay. So I, um, I've been married to my sweet husband, Jack, for if we, if we make it till June 22nd, it will have been 35 years uh, since we got married. Congratulations. And thank you. Now, obviously I got married when I was 12. I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> but, um, we have three young adult sons. Our oldest, Will, turns 29 next week, and he is a um, naval aviator and um, just got married last summer, so we have a daughter-in-law. And then we have a son who's 26, almost 27, who is an accountant, and our youngest son is 23, and God bless him, he just graduated from college um, last August, and so like so many others, he is in the throes of looking for a job and, um, wow. you know, just struggling right now. It is a weird time, isn't it? It's a, yeah. it's a hard time we're living in. And, and mm -hmm. we see it. Um, he, he shares an apartment with two other young men and they both had jobs, but were both just laid off, uh -huh. you know? So there, there, there's a lot of, um, difficult waters to navigate ahead. So yeah. wow. thank God we're all in this together. Yeah, definitely. Well, and uh, June 22nd, which is your anniversary, is my birthday. So no I will kidding. never, ever forget that your anniversary is on my birthday. Oh, how I about will. that? You could have been the flower girl in my wedding. That's right. I could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does your younger son do? What kind of line of work is he in that he's looking he, for? Well, he's looking for work in the field of communication. His okay. degree is in electronic media production. Mm -hmm. And um, he would love to work in social media. So um, right now he's, he's working just trying to build a skill set, trying to gain sure. additional skills and also um, indulging his lifelong passion of Lego. So he, he actually, you could really? find him on Instagram more easily than you could find me. He's really? Yeah, he is Lego Lee 329 and hey. sort of as to hone his social media skills, he's building a Lego Lee 329 Instagram account. He's had Very a YouTube cool. channel for many years. It's okay. kind of fun, but you know, just trying to gain additional skills, make himself more marketable and keep applying. You know, That's I think awesome. this is, this is what we can do right now is just keep yeah. trying. Right. Yeah. Well, so. and the cool thing is, is that he can do his communications and media and all that online. Uh, um, so Absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. So at he's least saying. he is, he's accustomed to remote work. Most of the work he has done has been remote. So, yeah. yeah. So if anybody's out there and needs, some that's help, right. He's out there. <laughs> that's awesome. Great. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks well, for asking. Um, when I heard your story and read your story in your book, man, I just loved it so much. And I loved, and it was so relatable because, um, you know, you talk about your comparison to others started when you were growing up. Let's go back. So you were born with uh, an illness and let us know right. uh, what it is and how did they know that you had this? Right. Well, that's, it's kind of a complicated story um, because the illness is ultra rare. It is like, it, it is not just rare, it's ultra rare. And so I was born at Methodist Hospital in downtown Memphis, and the physicians did not know what was wrong with me. But it was very obvious that something was wrong because mo most of the right side of my body is covered with a, a port wine stain, a, a dark reddish purplish birthmark. Mm -hmm. So it, it covers most of my right leg, my um, 
most of my trunk, my back, at the front of me, you know, it's just really huge. The biggest birthmark I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Now we know that it is part of this rare genetic disorder called clipel trenonet syndrome. It was the two French physicians identified it. Mm-hmm. And it's a disorder that affects, um, it's mostly vascular abnormality but it also affects soft tissues so for instance the right side of my body is larger than the left side of my my body um it can also affect organs and um i'm very very fortunate that my organs have not been involved but it is um it was the birthmark that got flagged obviously when i when i was born um it was very prominent and they did test because they didn't know with that much blood being involved in the birthmark and all those little capillaries they wondered if i had enough blood circulating to be healthy they you know they ran all kinds of tests it was just sort of an ordeal throughout my childhood because we knew there was a birthmark and we knew there were some other things, but we didn't know what it was. And it wasn't until I was a young adult that I actually got a diagnosis, which was helpful. But the way it relates to comparison, um, I didn't realize until I was older and had begun to really struggle with comparison and it was affecting my relationships. And, and to the extent that I sought some professional help. And my, my therapist is the one who helped me peel back all the layers to try to figure out how it is that I was so bent toward comparison. And of course, what we, what we figured out was that I'd been doing it from the, my earliest memories. I, I, don't, I doubt that I did it as an infant, <laughs> mm-hmm. although certainly my parents did, you know. I mean, and they didn't do it maliciously. It just was, you know, one of these things is not like the others, right? Mm-hmm. And because I grew to do it so naturally and normally, it began. It became the tool that I most readily picked up. Um, since then, I've learned more about comparison and realized that that it it, it is a tool. I mean, it can be used for good. Lots of times, it's used for good in our lives, um, and social comparison even when we compare ourselves with other people can be useful because it's how we sort of figure out our place in the world but it can also be used very much for ill and that that was what was happening in my life well and it's such an incredible story because you really take us through um, when you really realize that you were struggling as an adult that you were really struggling you know years ago but as mm-hmm. a, an adult of mm-hmm. really struggling with this. And it was a talk with your husband. You opened the book <laughs> talking about that, of where it is, you know, where you just realized it. And, you know, I, and when I was reading, I was thinking marriage is so sanctified, <laughs> you know, right? it really is. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much when I talk with my husband, I was had something I was talking with him about a couple nights ago and it was just the clarity that he brought to the situation mm-hmm. was just from God and it's sanctifying. Mm-hmm. And it's, but boy, you know, in the beginning of my marriage, I would have been so defensive. And so like, how dare you say that? And now it's like, Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> see that, you know? So right. I love that you, you know, that, marriage and, and, and just listening to your husband, Jack, 
tell you and, and love tell you, you know, I think you struggle with this and right. I, yeah. this might be a huge thing for you. So I right. love the, I love the, oh, I was, I was plenty, plenty defensive, I, you know, <laughs> right, right at first, I, there was plenty of defensiveness, oh, sure. um, but the, and I do think this is one of the ways that God works in our lives. He uses people in our lives. And if there are people we can trust, mm. then he, God can break down our defenses enough to allow us to hear those words that are spoken in love. Mm. These words were spoken in love. Now there was also plenty of frustration. He wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to paint my husband as a saint. Yeah. I think he's pretty darn awesome, but he's not, he's, there were times that he got, you know, frustrated with me about sure. this, sure. but the, the incident you refer to when he, really nailed it for me is actually what led to the title of the book. Mm -hmm. Um, People have said, where, where did the mythical me come from? But we'd had a conversation in which he had noticed that I had compared myself in one conversation to three different friends. Mm -hmm. And he said, you always choose the very best attribute of everybody you're around. And then you think you're supposed to have that attribute. Mm -hmm. And he was right. You know, I, so I don't know what your best attribute is, Ren, you have lots of them, but maybe, you know, you're, you were so caring, your, your compassion, your friendliness, your um, ability to converse. Okay. I'll just take those. And I would, instead of just loving that about you, I would say, man, why am I not like that? Mm. And because something was good about you, I would use that to assume there was something bad about me. And I did this over and over without realizing it. And my husband finally said, you've created for yourself a mythical composite woman made up of all these good attributes. And that's who you think you're supposed to be. But she doesn't exist. And (laughs) over the years, how many times would he have to say to me, that woman doesn't exist. I'm not married to that woman. I don't want to be married to that woman. I'm married to you. And you don't know what you're doing to yourself. And I'll be honest with you, Ren, once I realized he was right, you know, <laughs> we woke <laughs> through the defensiveness and yeah. I got a little less salty. Mm. I started looking for help. Mm. And since then I have found a couple of books that I would say were, were actually helpful, but most of what I read was just like this, it was fluff. It was real surface level or cheerleady or, or else even when it was deep, it was so focused on just on self-esteem, you know, Mm. and it didn't, didn't get down deep into the heart of the problem, which for me was necessary. I mean, I needed a deep dive into some help. So Mm. that's amazing. I think you just, I mean, just totally spoke to a lot of women right now of the, mm. that mythical composite that we create in our heads mm. and that there is no one like that, that she doesn't right. exist. That is mm-hmm. such, um, such a, a, a freeing word right there. Just mm. a freeing word. I told you before we got on, I had so many dog eared uh, pages, <laughs> like the binding is kind of rough because I've uh, folded it back, but there's a quote in there that I want to quote you and I want to talk about it. It said, uh, you said (laughs) in your book, you said, I can rejoice in complimenting them, which was others rather than competing with them. Mm -hmm. What are steps in doing this? And I know you've gone to your counselor and, and Mm -hmm. healed back all these things. 
-hmm. if you could maybe give us a little insight into that of what are the steps to doing that to kind of change our mindset from competing into complimenting? Oh, well, okay. I'd be happy to. I have to back up a little bit and say that um, the steps, the practical steps we can take, um, I think there's some some spade work that has to be done before you can start taking steps in a okay. way that's constructive. Okay. So, for instance, um, I, I work in the field of spiritual formation. And a lot of times when we're talking about spiritual formation, people want to jump to talking about the spiritual disciplines, mm. um, which is a great part of the conversation. But the truth is, if you haven't gotten your ideas about God sorted out first, then spiritual disciplines can just take you further into the hole Mm -hmm. instead of bringing you closer to God. So I would say there's a little spade work that has to be done first. And for me, that spade work was starting to understand some truth about God, (laughs) some truth about myself, and some truth about other people. And once I got that straightened out, then I could start taking practical steps to change what I realized had become a habit. So I I firmly believe that comparison is, uh, this constant use of it is a habit that is born out of insecurity in one way or another. But when used, it just leads to greater insecurity. It feeds on itself. Now, there's been so much research in neuroscience and uh, been research about habits and where they reside in our brain. And they are, they, they are, habits are not higher brain functions. They are, they, they're deep, deep, deep. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's been research that has shown that people, even after uh, dementia has set in, very often habits still work themselves out in our bodies because they reside so deeply. Yeah. So a habit can't just be broken. You can't just say, don't do that right. and stop doing it. A habit, though, can be changed. And that's where the practical steps come in. And um, one of the things that I so deeply believe is that once we believe truth about God and understand God's love for us, the fact that he's with us, and I think most importantly that he has created us for connection because he's created us in his image. And remember, God is in his very being relationship. When we say we're created in God's image, we're talking about the fact that we were created in the image of a God who reveals himself to us in three persons, Mm -hmm. God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. Now, can we understand that intellectually Mm, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit, right? right. Great effort can be made to understand that intellectually. Mm -hmm. But if we accept that, that God in himself is relational, relationship and he has made us in his image then i think we can understand that we were made for relationship Mm. we were created for relationship because we were created by relationship Mm. and that's what leads us to realizing that we're able to compliment others instead of comparing ourselves to them now i should say this is an audio program when i say compliment I mean, C-O-M-P-L-E, 
M-E-N-T. And would you believe, Ren, I was talking with a young woman once who had attended a sem seminar about comparison. And the speaker said, look, when you're tempted to compare yourself with other, someone else, just compliment them on whatever thing you're comparing yourself to. And she meant C-O-M-P-L-I-M-E-N-T. So if I think you have nice hair and I've, I'm comparing my hair to it, I should just compliment you on your hair. Come on. That is so surface level. But don't get me started on surface level. But to, to recognize that we were created to be connected with one another, that none of us was created to stand alone, that no one was meant to be all that in a bag of chips. We were each created with gifts, with spiritual gifts then that, that, that we are given when we are recreated and made new in Christ. We are also designed with incredible redemptive gifts, things that we have learned through our difficult experiences. Every one of us has something to bring. And there's a place for all of us to bring what we have. And that means there's a place for you to bring what you have. And I don't have to bring it because it's your responsibility. It's your privilege. It's your gift. Mine can just dovetail right in there and we're better together. Mm -hmm. This realization was mind blowing to me. Because as I said, I was always choosing best attributes and assuming that if you were good at something, that that served to point out that I was bad at that thing. Mm -hmm. What a relief to know that you're good at it, which means I don't necessarily have to be. How wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to take hold of that then, those are the practical steps. So everything I've just said is the spade work. So how do you take hold of it? Well, there are ways, things that you can do to change the habits. Mm -hmm. And when the, the last third of my book, I talk about just some very practical things we can do because, listen, a habit like constant comparison doesn't spring up overnight. Mm -hmm. We got to doing that over the course of many years of practice. Mm -hmm. And now we can practice not doing it. How? We recognize that we're doing it. We interrupt the, that habit cycle. We interrupt the cycle. We put something else in its place. And we do that over and over until it becomes habitual. But here is a key. There's no way to change a personal habit by berating yourself for the habit. Mm. You might bring about a little behavior modification. You don't really change a habit by beating yourself up about it. Mm. And I can say that from experience because that's what I used to do. I would compare yeah. myself to somebody else. I'd catch myself in the act and I would say, you idiot, you're doing it again. You know better than this. This is stupid. Now be different. Mm. I said that to myself a million times. Yeah, we all have for sure. That that kind of, I mean, that basically is language giving voice mm. to, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds so harsh, but it really is a bit of self-hatred. Mm -hmm. And that is the work of the enemy of our souls. Mm. Mm. We, we are God's children. 
And I have so many times talked to myself in a way that I would never talk to my children. Would I say to my child when he needed to be corrected, would I say, you idiot, you're doing it again. I just hate you. Of course I would not say that to my child. Mm -mm, I would treat my child. Now, would I get frustrated sometimes? Sure. But I would treat my child in general with love Mm -hmm. and compassion and understanding that they're not perfect and maybe they need to change. Mm -hmm. So this is how we learn to relate to ourselves with love and compassion and understanding that we need to change Mm -hmm. and we bring ourselves to God. So for instance, Rian, first habit I had to adopt was rest. Mm. Rest is hard for people who are prone to comparison because mm. you tell yourself, you know, you, 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 you think that the problem's going to be solved if you could just make yourself better, mm. right? If I could just be better. And there's never a day that's long enough mm. to get better at everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Oh, if I could just get up 30 minutes earlier, then I would get this, this, and this done, right? Mm -hmm. So resting, learning to rest, which I really believe is an act of trust. I'm going to get right down to it. Like, um, That's the first habit, getting Mm -hmm. some rest, recognizing that I am loved and accepted by God right now, Mm -hmm. and I am perfectly fine to rest and tomorrow I can do the next thing that's habit number one I think and it's one that really needs some work for a lot of us absolutely well and even in this time of quarantine you kind of think you know is this Mm -hmm. a great time for us to realize this is an opportunity to rest. This yeah. is an opportunity to not have schedules. I mean, how in the world would we have all slowed down at a, at, a, at one time? Yeah. There's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So I think this is... That leads to another thing. habit I'm going to throw out here okay. just because it's, I, it, it's a bee in my bonnet right now. <laughs> okay. Well, and that, and that is um, a, a friend of mine said, you have to be careful who you let hold your mirror. Mm. And I think in this time of quarantine, that means we need to be careful what messages we're absorbing. Mm. And I have more, I I have received several emails, people who I think probably have good intentions, Mm -hmm. but their advice during quarantine is don't you let this time go by. You'll never again have this opportunity to reinvent yourself. Mm. You get with it. You, 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 um, you know, now's the time to get all your ducks in a row. Now's the time to blah, 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 blah. And what that does is to add more pressure that that adds an extra message that I'm not okay the way I am, you know, and boy, on top of trying to keep my house clean and the meals cooked and, and my husband healthy and my children schooled and Etc. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I also should probably be getting an online MBA right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. extra pe- pressure is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Pressure doesn't change things unless you're talking about how quickly you can cook things in an instant pot. Mm-hmm. You are not a piece of meat to go in an instant pot. Mm-hmm. You're a living being who, and God 
can work on your heart. So this is a really, really good time to get yourself into the soil mm. and to, to water yourself a bit and see what will grow with God's help. Mm. I do want to ask you this. There was something in uh, your book talking about writing down blessings. And mm -hmm. I think we all have heard about a gratitude journal and mm -hmm. writing down those things. And I love that you, you reference Ann Voskamp's uh, book, 1000 gifts. And mm -hmm. I love that you said this, you said the point of counting our blessings is to understand that every good thing is a gift from a God who loves us to elevate our vision from those gifts to the mm -hmm. generous giver. Mm. And I love that because it's focusing on him. It's not focusing on these gifts, how so, so much we can look and focus on the creation instead of the creator. So right. tell me where that, that really, that quote came from in you. Well, it, um, I, I love, I love the idea of keeping a gratitude journal of writing down the gifts, but here's the problem. If you struggle with comparison, very often writing down the gifts that you have been given mm -hmm. can lead to discontent for the gifts you have not been given. Mm. Or it can, because comparison is so habitual, it can lead to thinking about other people's gifts. Mm. So as long as we're focusing on the blessings, even though that seems like such a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Just focus on, on all that you've been given. And you've talked about things like just being grateful for the sunshine. Mm -hmm. That is a really, really good idea. But if you let yourself keep going on the comparison train with that, pretty soon you're like, well, yeah, I am grateful for the sunshine, but man, we haven't had enough of it. We've really had too much rain or yes, I am grateful for the sunshine, but you know, the, the climate here stinks. The sunshine is nice now, but a month from now, we are all going to be dying and wishing yeah. we could live somewhere. Do you know? I mean, yeah. so to nip that, <laughs> I think we have to, to realize that those blessings are from an infinite source of blessing. The point of counting the blessings is not just to make us grateful people. It's to make us people who are in relationship with the giver mm. and to understand that there's no scarcity of blessing. God has given us all these things. He's given other people other things and that's good. Just like my blessings are good, but the point is to understand that God is good and God is generous and God can be trusted and that I am safe and well in God's hand. Mm. That's what makes the difference. So we have to be careful, I think, as we adopt habits that we don't let them just become more fuel for the comparison fire. Mm. So and that's I, what I mean. I love that. And I didn't, I've never really thought of it that way. Um, I mean, I've heard of people worshiping the creation over the creator, but I've never of heard course, it yeah. in the way, like you said, in a comparison way. That is yeah. so interesting. Um, and it's just I, something we have to be careful about. Yeah, I think yeah. if, if comparison is our struggle, right. Yes. And you know, we, we all, it's the wonderful thing about God and God's word that eternal truth applies right where we are, no mm. matter what our struggle is. Mm. 
And that's why we can be reading our Bibles one day and somebody can find some, uh, have a verse that really just goes down deep in their soul. And somebody else could be reading the same scripture and have another verse pop out. I mean, that yep. is just, that's how yep. relational and how personal God is. Right. And living and active, mm. right? Mm. I mean, God has never stopped speaking to his children. Mm. <laughs> There's never been a time in all of human history when God has been silent. No, no, indeed. And God didn't stop speaking once the, the 66 books of the Bible were put together. He still speaks to us. The primary way he speaks to us today is through what's already been written down, right? Mm -hmm. But as you well know, from what you just said, his spirit is still speaking to us and makes words jump off the page. Yes straight to our hearts. Thank God that um, my friend Richard Foster likes to say that, that Jesus has not stopped speaking and he has not developed laryngitis. Mm, wow. Isn't that great? I That's love so that. Good. <laughs> I think this book is so timely because of, especially during this time in quarantine where, mm. you know, I, I think I heard it. There is a, a crazy, crazy amount, a percentage of how many people are online a lot more Mm -hmm. because of the quarantine and because mm -hmm. of sheltering at home. And, um, and I, that's why I think your book is such a great resource, especially during this time, because if we have ever struggled with comparison, which I know we do just maybe different levels, but that is a time when that comparison is going to just mm -hmm. raise his ugly head and mm -hmm. um, that sin is going to come out. And so that's mm -hmm. where we need to be knowing, like what you said, know who God is, know what he says about us and know what he says about others. I think it's such a great book and I thank you for writing it and, and oh, an encouragement you. through You're this. encouraging me so much by saying that I can't even, I can't express to you how much I appreciate that. Well, really. it's, it's great. And it's the cover of the book is so eye catching because it's the picture of a phone. And, uh, and so, you know, and then there's a little bit of a reflection of yourself. And so it's called mythical me finding freedom from constant comparison. So I want people to know where they can find you. And then I'm going to ask you my eat, read, love. Uh, Rochella. Oh, well, I am on Instagram quite a bit. That's, that tends to be where I, well, I think that's where I found you. So, yeah, that's where we found <laughs> and, and I'm just, I'm at Rochelle Parham and that's my handle on Twitter as well. Although I'm not as active on Twitter yeah. on Facebook. I'm Rochelle Parsons Parham. Mm -hmm. um, I have an old, old, old blog called Imparting Grace. I was an OG blogger, but uh, mm -hmm. my newer website is just my name. Rochella J. Parham, and people can find resources there, including uh, if anybody um, buys the book. One of the things that I talk about a lot um, as tools in the, in the practical steps, a lot of the tools are forms of prayer. And so I've put together um, just a, a prayer guide for, for mm -hmm. folks who maybe who've read the book, just a compliment to the book. Okay. Um, so that's at rochellajparham.com. Okay. So I'm, okay. I'd love to connect with people. We are made for connection. And don't yeah. we thank God that we live in a time when there are some means for connection yes. right now. Because yes. um, otherwise we would be, you know, we're not made for isolation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we're having to isolate our bodies right now for um, the sake of the most vulnerable among us. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for that because my husband and one of my sons are in that very vulnerable population. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful, mm -hmm. but I also know 
that we thrive only in connection. So I would love to connect with your listeners. Online. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And your Instagram is beautiful and all the things and very uplifting. So encouraging and pointing us back to Jesus, which is what I love about you most. Oh, so. Thank you. Okay, so let's jump into Eat, Read, Love, because okay. I, I am a snacker, and of course, we all are now, because we're all wandering around the house like puppy dogs, saying, uh -huh. when next, and when can we go on a car ride? So, <laughs> what, what is something that you're eating that you just, uh, that you love? I am so grateful for this. I am making um, homemade granola. And, oh. and, and eating it and I love it on I love it on top of yogurt but I also just love it by the handful oh yeah and um I made granola you know I've made it in the past okay but since we started lockdown I think I've made a fresh batch every week because Ooh. it's delicious okay. but it's also you know full of fiber and it you know so yes. it's actually you know and because it's homemade, I mean, there aren't any preservatives, there aren't, you know, there's yeah. not a bunch of bad fat in it or whatever. There's yeah. just, now, do you have a recipe that you I do. It? I do. I'd be happy to share the recipe. Yes. I would love yeah. to put it in the show notes. That sounds okay, cool. so yeah. yummy. Yeah, I don't know how to make it, but I would love well, to. Well, it's actually very easy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I've been eating. <laughs> okay. okay, that's awesome. All right, what are you reading or what have you read in the last um, last little bit? And you told me a few books that were really impactful for you when you were walking through, um, you know, peeling back the layers about. Mm -hmm. Can you mm -hmm. mention those as well? Well, there were, um, I mentioned earlier, a couple of helpful books on comparison specifically. Um, aside from mine, <laughs> um, there's a book called Seated with Christ by Heather Holloman. That's a helpful book. And um, also a book about specifically about body image called um, Compared to Who by Heather Creekmore. And right at this minute, I'm reading a new book um, by Heather that will not come out until next year, I think, okay. or maybe later this summer. Maybe it's late. Maybe it's later this year, but it's called The Burden of Better. Mm -hmm. And, and Heather's, Heather's a great communicator. So those were the, those were the two comparison resources that I actually found were, were good ones and not mm -hmm. just surface level. But the other book that I just finished reading, I'm so tickled about is a brand new book. It just came out since isolation started okay. and it's called beyond awkward side hugs. Oh. It's by Bronwyn Lee, okay. and it is about learning to relate as Christian brothers and sisters, learning to relate to members of the opposite sex in a way that is wholesome and healthful, that acknowledges the fact that we are, you know, sexual beings, but we don't have to view each other suspiciously or, you know, you actually can have relationships and partnerships with people of the opposite sex. It's really good. So it's called Beyond Awkward Side Hugs and it is hot off the presses. I'm, I'm really, I'm, that reminds me, I need to write an, um, a review for Amazon because it's, okay. it's really good. That, so okay. that I just read. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. And then what do I love? Right what do you now? love? Yes. It's, I have a new love okay. based on an old love Ooh. that um, is only started. Uh, this is only started during quarantine. Oh, um, early on in quarantine, I, you know, was reading advice, which, you know, and you did some advice a few weeks ago, I like did. tips I did. for thriving or what, yeah. yeah. And, and including one of the things you said that was one of the most important is get outside. That was a really good piece of advice, but okay, somewhere good. I read, um, do something 
creative. Try to do something creative every day. Allow yourself to be a creator. Okay. Um, and I think it goes back to, you know, recognizing ourselves as whole beings. And just because we're locked down doesn't, we, we, we can't get out and do stuff, mm -hmm. but there's something creative we can do. I learn, am learning, am learning to crochet. Oh, okay. And the, the reason I chose crochet is because my grandmother was an amazing crocheter. Oh and I have in my living room right now, gets used almost every day, an afghan that she made for me more than 30 years ago. Wow. She made it for me and my new husband at the time. Yeah. And we still use it to this day. Wow. And <laughs> so I ordered myself some cheap yarn. Okay. And so far, mm -hmm. I have learned to make a killer pot holder. I oh, mean, yes, <laughs> yeah, I tell you. But I thought, you know, if something that my grandmother made back, you know, in the, I, and I have some that are older than 30 years, wow. but if something she made in the 80s and 90s is still going strong in 2020, yeah. that's putting good value into the world yeah. so I'm learning a creative okay. skill and I'm loving it I'm just that's loving great. sitting down and yeah. you know um there's an old saying from the shakers yeah. um put your hands to work and your hearts to God mm. and that's what I do when I crochet so that's, that's so what neat. I'm loving I love that. I love that. My friend is a, a beautiful watercolor artist and she says that oh. when she is, uh, you know, praying. And I said, paint and pray, <laughs> you know, there you go. So yes. I love that quote you just said. That is oh. so good yeah. and so yeah. great. So crochet. Okay. So I want to see some things. I'm going to go check out your Instagram. I want to see some crochet. Well, I think the only thing I have shown so far on Instagram was when I just first learned and I had learned to chain and, you know, crochet a stitch, but I should, I should post a picture yes. of my pretty pot holders. Yes, <laughs> pot holders. And then you keep going into more. And then when grandchildren right. have in a few years, you can start doing stuff for them. That's right. Yeah. I would, that would be, that would That's be wonderful. Nice. We have, I, up in the attic, ready for a grandchild. I have a receiving blanket she crocheted oh, for me before my son, sweet. first son was born 29 years ago. Oh my yep. goodness. So creating are, some good. Yes. yes. And absolutely. isn't it wonderful that we can all do different things and mm -hmm. we all make the, the, the world a richer, better place yes. by using our gifts yes. in the way that God has put on our hearts. And I don't have to envy your gifts. Mm -hmm. I can delight in mine. Mm. Well, you have the gift of speaking and the gift of writing. So I am oh, so thankful for you. you and y'all go grab her book. It's excellent. And I just appreciate you giving me time today. This was great. Oh, I love my it. Pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. What a gift to be with you. So much truth Richella shared resonated with me. And after listening to this episode, I would love to hear what you thought. So DM me on Instagram, DM Rochella. We would love to connect with you. And also remember all the links of the books Rochella recommended and that special granola recipe and where you can find her will be at renrobbins.com under the podcast tab. Okay, that's going to do it for today. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.